Hello and welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Football Podcast with Cody and Nick. Cody, we are two days away from the first football game of the year. We're here to preview it tonight. How excited are you, my man? I honestly can't wait. I am uh, been looking forward to this day for you know close to six months now. So glad that it's finally here. But uh, yeah, I mean it's a hell of a game to start the season too. So I mean, Rams in Los Angeles to face. Or I'm sorry, Buffalo in Los Angeles to face the Rams week one. I mean, it doesn't get much bigger than that. Yeah, so the, the betting excited. Super Bowl favorite versus the reigning Super Bowl champion. That's uh, that's a pretty pretty good way to start it off. Should be a real high scoring game. Should be some entertaining football. So, the senior member uh, a few years ago, we had an yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Mitchell Trubisky battle it ended 10-3 and that was the opening game of the year I would uh I bet pretty heavily that we, we see something a little better than that so I uh I'm pretty excited too man this is going to be a sweet game and I just want to see some points scored and some fantasy points put up so uh I think we're going to jump yeah. on the fantasy the side this has probably two of the highest wide receiver twos drafted in Gabe Davis and Allen Robinson so definitely some big fantasy implications <laughs> if you drafted one of those two guys yeah 100 percent I mean yeah there's, there's kind of some uh some stuff to hash out here as far as uh timeshares in the backfield and uh yeah like you said that both the wide receiver twos it's kind of interesting both these teams are pretty similar in a lot of ways where you know you have your elite wide receiver one you have your wide receiver two you're kind of wondering about backfields uh also yet to be determined as far as split goes so uh some similar offenses but should be lots of points and uh hopefully stefan scores a touchdown for my selfish reasons but um (laughs) we're gonna go ahead and jump into the news and notes here real quick there's not too much in the way of like anything substantial here uh but we'll just run through this stuff uh and then get to the thursday night preview Trubisky was named the uh, starting quarterback for the Steelers. Not necessarily a surprise. I think we all kind of expected that from the beginning. Seems like he'll get the first crack, but uh, I would expect Pickett to play this year and probably start more games than Trubisky by the end of it. Uh, I don't. I don't know how you feel about it, but that would be my guess. Um. Yeah. Probably. I would say if anything goes bad, Kenny Pickett's going to be in there pretty soon, but. As long as Trubisky can probably stay close to 500, he'd probably play the majority of the season. In my, my he best could. Case. I don't know. I just I just see a uh, I see a scenario of if they lose three out of four, um, especially if it's early in the year, uh, Tomlin could be forced to to go that route. It just makes more sense that way too. I feel like because I feel like Pickett has a lot higher upside as a passer, and then Trubisky at this point in the league. I mean, we've seen. It hasn't been an incredibly small sample size of Trubisky. We've seen uh, what he could do, and I don't know what Pickett can do, but I know that his upside is more than what we've seen out of Trubisky so far. So I feel like the Steelers are going to be forced to get him in there unless Trubisky comes out and just, you know, lights the world on fire, and I don't really see yeah, that happening. So. Absolutely. I I would be okay if they started Kenny Pickett week one. That would be. Honestly. Like, I mean, I understand you, you paid Mitch to come in and be the starter and probably promised him to be the starter when you signed him. But, I mean, circumstances changed. You used a first-round pick on a, you know, well, a lot of people are kind of saying he's a little bit of an iffy quarterback on whether he should have been taken there. So, I, if he's if they're not that far apart, I would just play Pickett and just and an start older, getting him as much experience older as possible. Too, so, you'd want to see what he has sooner rather than later, you'd think. Yeah, but he's, he's 24. We'll see. So. Uh, I think Absolutely. he'll play this year. That would be, my, that would be my guess. Before week eight, I'll, I'll say that as well. 
Um, Chris Godwin yeah. ditched his knee brace in practice. Still not certain for week one, so nothing definitive here, but uh, still on the right track for Chris Godwin. So if you drafted him, his value has probably gone up since then. Hopefully, if not week one, he can get out there in uh, the first couple weeks so uh, he doesn't you know, sit on your benches too long. But I think the news has been mostly positive there out of Tampa. Anything to say about uh, Tampa Bay or can I uh, move on to Alan Zard here? Yeah, no, we can go ahead and move on to Alan this Lazard. This one, a little um, bit of surprise. Yeah. I didn't know. I, I saw that he was out last week with an undisclosed uh, – I, I think it just said undisclosed completely. It didn't even say injury. But uh, now we saw this week, Monday, he also didn't practice. Um, a little concerning here. We're not really sure. They don't actually have to release official injury reports until Wednesday, so we don't even know what the injury is right now. But um, – you know, there was nothing that came out that he got hurt while at practice or anything like that. So kind of a weird situation. But uh, if you have Alan Lazard, you might want to make other plans because there is a chance he doesn't play this Sunday. Yep, that is uh, I'm currently in that situation. <laughs> I was so talking to you specifically. Already though, in you the process <laughs> of, yeah, already in the process of making some new plans for uh, week one. But, yeah, definitely a little bit concerning. Um, but, I mean, you drafted him because there's a chance he's Aaron Rodgers wide receiver one. So, I think if he plays, I probably play him with like flex uh, level confidence, but still a little bit questionable. And if he's you know a step slow, that's definitely not going to help his case out there. So. Yeah, hopefully we uh, we get some more clarity on what the injury actually is tomorrow, uh, and then you know it might maybe a little bit easier For to make sure. a determination at that point. But uh, some positive injury news out of Jacksonville: James Robinson will play this Sunday miraculously. Uh, only about nine months off that Achilles injury. Who knows what he'll look like or how much he'll play? I would imagine ETN will still be the lead guy, but. Who really knows? That was why uh, in our last episode, uh, the first week preview, the Jags running back situation was my most intriguing, um, you know, the, the thing I wanted to get clarity on first in the, in this week one. So it'll be interesting to see how much he plays. Yeah, beat writers in Jacksonville have been saying all offseason that it's James Robinson's job. When and he's I back, am terrified so that that's the case. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like we highlighted last episode, I mean, ETM's going in the fourth, fifth round, and, I mean, Robinson's making it, you know, sometimes to the last round in fantasy drafts last weekend. So, pretty remarkable. Um, James Robinson might be a major value yet again. So, hopefully hopefully not for ETN owners like me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, I'm crossing my fingers on that one for sure. Uh, some young wide receivers getting back to practice. T. Higgins. Uh, he looks like he's going to be good to go. He was dealing with a shoulder injury, uh, but not a big concern there. Drake London, this one, a little bit more of a concerning injury. He's been out since week one of the preseason. Hurt his knee, but he was back at practice on Monday. Looks like he will play Sunday. Um, not this one. He's probably the least sure out of these guys to play. Uh, the other one is Jalen Waddle, also back at practice. I'd say Higgins and Waddle are almost sure things to play. London, maybe not. Sure, but I'd say he's leaning that way after practicing uh, that early in the week. So good news for those young wide receivers. Uh, Bucks want yep. to uh, lighten Fournette's snap rate. I, I just threw this in here because I actually heard it on another podcast I was listening to. I saw this scroll across my feed on Sleeper the other day, and I didn't even think anything of it. It sounded like coach speak, but uh, some other people seem to take it a little more seriously than I did. I probably wouldn't adjust my expectations here at all, but uh, I guess it's something to monitor in week one if it comes to fruition. Yeah, I I agree with you. I'm going into week one. I mean, not worried, especially with the draft capital that you gave up to get them. You're not going to 
you know, tilt on him week one. So go out there, see how much he gets the ball. I imagine he'll be the the lead back by a lot there. So I'm, I wouldn't be too. And then sure. the last one here, this kind of also falls into this category of possible puff piece and, you know, might just be nothing. But uh, the Titans have a, quote, major role planned for Traylon Burks. I mean, it makes a lot of sense when you figure that they basically traded him for A.J. Brown straight up last offseason, uh, the the rumor out of camp. And really what we saw from the preseason uh, usage was that he was struggling a little bit and was not starting, you know, wasn't playing with the ones in the preseason, uh, was reportedly struggling in camp. Uh, but, I mean, they the Titans need him. It just didn't seem like he had, you know, filled whatever expectations they had for him early in camp. But. I guess the Titans uh, are probably going to try to force him the ball anyway, which I think you probably have to. They don't have a ton in the way of playmakers on the outside. So um, maybe if you have drafts left, I guess take a flyer on Traylon Burks late, but you have anything to say about this? Uh, exactly what you just said. I would take a flyer on him late if there's any drafts out there that are still happening. Um, obviously, you're listening to this on Thursday, so I'm going to guess not, but if you do have one Thursday right before the season starts, I would take a flyer on him. Um, and like I said, I'm going to repeat what Nick said. There's just not enough receivers there. I mean, he's going to have to get some kind of a workload. And then if he ends up popping, he could be really, really important for fantasy. But we'll see. The Tennessee uh, passing game hasn't been that great. And I would say A.J. Brown is an above-average receiver. So it's going to be very hard to come in there and replace his level of talent. All right, Cody, let's get into the Thursday night preview. The first actual football we can talk about uh, in a specific capacity. Yes, let's do uh, it. yes. I am, I'm tired of the hypotheticals. Let's, let's get into it here. So we real yes, football got the ball. Uh, the... 11 on 11 lined, <laughs> up, lined up against each no, other. Let's go. No, 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 Pat. No, everything is real here. We are actually playing week one. Bills, Rams. Uh, Bills are favored by two and a half. Over unders fifty one and a half. Uh, we are in LA for this one on Thursday night. Um, I have here to start uh, my pick for the game. That would be the Bills at minus two and a half on the spread. But I am not incredibly confident in that. I'd put myself at like a five out of ten uh, on the scale if I had to. So I probably wouldn't be betting the line on this game. Uh, it's it's pretty much a pick 'em and. You know, at, at two and a half, that's not quite enough juice for me to go with the Rams you know, just because the Bills are that good. And, you know, obviously not because I, I took the pills anyway, even considering the spread. So do you have any confidence level on the spread there or uh, would you go the other way there with the Rams? No, I if I was going to bet, I would take Buffalo in the points. Um, I just think, I mean, obviously the Rams won the Super Bowl, so they're a really good team. But I think Buffalo is really going to come out with their hair on fire to start the season. So, um, confidence level five out of ten. I'm probably right there with you. I, I'm not going to bet this game just straight up. I might throw a couple of the bets that we're about to talk about um, out there, but on the game itself, it's probably too close to call. Especially having no, you know, the last football you're really observing is last season, so it's tough to really make a call. I would agree. Too. Yeah, that's a good point to make. Here, your these early season lines, I'm probably not going to be biting a ton just because it's like you said, it's you don't really know what you're betting on yet, so. Um, I'm probably just going to let this yeah. one play out and maybe throw a little sprinkle on some of the higher leverage lines uh, that we'll talk about here in a second. Each one of us has one, and then we have a bonus bet for you as well. But my best bet for this game is a parlay on Cooper Cup and Gabe Davis, each getting to 100 receiving yards. That is uh, paying out at 10 to 1. That's plus 1,000. Uh, basically, the logic goes here that um, 
Cup is obviously coming off one of the best seasons of all time. I think him hitting 100 yards is a pretty good bet on even money, uh, regardless of the game or who he's playing. And no Tredavious White in this one for the Bills. So uh, an extra, you know, extra bump to Cup's value there, you would think, not having to go up against one of the best corners in the league. And then Gabe Davis, the logic is here that, uh, you know, obviously the Rams have an elite number one quarter in Jalen Ramsey. They do play a lot of zone defense, so Ramsey doesn't necessarily shadow all the time, but I would still uh, expect him to line up on um, Stephon Diggs more so than Gabe Davis. So might be a few extra targets Gabe Davis's way if uh, that in fact happens, and that's kind of the logic behind this one. But at 10-1, to 1, I think this is a pretty good bet because uh, you should see a lot of points here. Both teams are going to be trying to keep up with each other. I expect uh, the quarterbacks to have to throw the ball quite a bit. Yeah, no, I I like that bet. And very good reasoning. I was skeptical of the Davis uh, side of that, but with uh, Ramsey potentially covering digs more often, it's a, I think that gives it that value. So good bet there. Uh, my best bet of this Thursday night football game is going to be a Daryl Henderson anytime touchdown uh, this is really just a value bet. You can get him at plus 235 currently, and Cam Akers is plus 110. So uh, twice the odds there. And like McVay said, they should be splitting 50-50. Um, and, you know, if that's the case, Daryl Henderson may be the one that gets the goal line carry and gets the touchdown. So um, I, I do have pretty high confidence that he's going to get a touchdown. I just feel like it's bound to happen if they're splitting. And, uh like I said, double the odds, so I'm going to go ahead and take Daryl Henderson. Yeah, uh, hearing that Cam Akers odds, or hearing that line on Cam Akers to get the touchdown, is it's, that's pretty jarring that Daryl Henderson is that much higher. I would expect them to be close to even, if not, um, you know, like you said, about the same. So the fact that you can get Daryl Henderson at twice the odds, yeah. that's that's a pretty good bet to make. I like that. May, might say something about what Vegas thinks about the split, but... I guess we'll just have to see if uh, if McVeigh is true to his word there on them being 1A, 1B. But uh, the bonus bet we have kind of goes along with what I was talking about before. It's uh, both Stafford and Allen to reach 350-plus passing yards. That's a pretty gaudy number, but you're getting to uh, plus 1,700 on this bet, so you don't need to sprinkle much to win a pretty good uh, chunk of change there. Um, and, yeah, logic kind of – goes the same that I was I was uh, I was alluding to before where the, these guys are probably going to be trying to keep up with each other a little bit uh, the Rams D-line especially is a tough matchup uh, the Bills don't love to run the ball anyway so you could kind of see them just focusing off the, on the pass if uh, their run game is stuffed by the, the the Rams good D-line and then vice versa on the other side um, the, the running game just a little bit you know in question in LA right now so they might just focus on their uh, their pass catchers with Robinson and uh, Cup and maybe just go that route through through the air against the Bills with no Tredavious White. So hoping that this just turns into a shootout with that one. Anything to comment on yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, with the odds you're getting at the odds you're getting it, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not a bad bet. Nick just expects these quarterbacks to come out in midseason form, slinging the ball around 350 <laughs> yards in the first game of the season. But um, no, I at the odds you get it, you get it at. I think it's pretty solid. Um, and like you said, I think if one does it, there's a good chance the other does it because it's probably some kind of a shootout. So yeah, um, I, I yeah, that's a solid. I just bet. like to anytime I can get bets to correlate like this, I uh, I like to take my odds on them. You're, I think that would be my main trepidation here. I think in mid season this bet would probably bet down closer to uh, plus one thousand, just because, like you said, these guys would be more in mid season form. Kind of a lot to expect them both to come out and combine for seven hundred yards, but. 
we've seen crazier things. I I don't know the to- I don't know Possibly. the totals from last year's game, but I would bet you that Brady and uh, Brady and Prescott came pretty close to that last year. I think they had a pretty big shootout in week one uh, on the first game last year, but I don't have the numbers For in sure. front of me. It's it's possible, not likely. And both these teams are pass so. first. Exactly. Honestly, so yeah, 100%. They're going to be throwing it. You would think yeah. so. All right. All right. Moving on to... Ready to roll into the oh, fantasy yes, side? Buddy. Uh, the specific player previews here. Uh, we'll start with the quarterbacks because these guys are pretty easy. Um, Josh Allen, really not much to say here. He'd probably be my QB1 if I had ranks for the week. Um, you know, the Rams defense isn't a great matchup necessarily, but you're starting him against anyone, and there's going to be a lot of points put up in this game, so he's going to have a ton of opportunities to do his thing. Yep, if you drafted him, there's no way he you are not starting him, so easy enough there. Matt Stafford is the other side of this. A little bit more of a decision here, but um, I, I would not be benching him if he was drafted to be your starter. Uh, the Bills were the number one team against quarterbacks last year in fantasy points allowed per game. But, again, you're missing Tredavious White here in the secondary. Uh, their other starter from last year, Levi Wallace, no longer all the teams. So two new corners on the outside here starting this game. And, um, you know, this, this there's just going to be a lot of points on the board. So L.A. is going to have to, to respond to the Bills scoring points. And that means that Stafford will have to throw the ball, whether or not it's against a tough secondary you give him Cooper Cup, you give him Allen Robinson, he's going to make things happen uh, eventually. So I I think Stafford is going to be just fine, and if he was drafted to be your starter, don't don't worry about streaming. Yeah, unless you're in a really shallow league, I don't think there's going to be very much of anything out there on the waiver wire to pick up that's going to be a better option than Matt Stafford. So um, I agree with what Nick said. If you drafted him to be your starter, start him. Um, Nick, I do have a question. If you drafted him and Trey Lance in the same draft, which one would you go with? Uh, one, just to throw a that little, is a good question. That there. is a that is a very relatable question too, because that is a, a pairing that could happen pretty easily uh, late in drafts. There, it makes a lot yeah. of sense to pair those two together too. I think I would personally go with uh, Stafford if it's a six point touchdown uh, passing touchdown passing point touchdown league, and then uh, if it's four point, I'd probably go Lance. I just think that kind of comes down to uh, the the tough Chicago matchup we talked about. Maybe not uh, the the tough. I think the, the the Bills probably have a better defense than uh, the the Bears do, but the the Bills will also force the Rams issue more than the Bears will force the Niners issue. So I think if the Niners take an early lead yeah. there, Lance could uh, you know uh, Kyle Shanahan might just take his foot off the pedal a little bit there. Uh, you know, not to stress his rookie in a game that they're already up in. Whereas the Rams are probably going to have to have Stafford sling the ball, you know, forty times this game to to win it. So I would I would take Stafford there. What about you? Um, I I actually really like your reasoning. Yeah, I mean, I I personally think the 49ers are going to roll the Bears. So I think Trey Lance may have like a good first quarter to first half, but you're right, Shanahan may just run the football forty times in the second half just to kind of get him out. So. Um, yeah, I have six point Stafford, four point Lance. I think that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good reasoning. Moving on to the running backs here. The, the water is muddy on both sides here. Um, we're going to start with the Rams guys. Uh, but these, both of these are going to be pretty similar, uh, from my point of view, as far as how I view these backfields right now. Um, Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson on the Rams side. I'm probably staying away here if I can. Uh, if you drafted Cam Akers, you're probably starting him because most leagues he was going, you know, fifth round, fourth round, 
maybe sixth if you got him later because he kind of fell as draft season went along. But, um, you know, who knows how much stock to take in Sean McVay's comments about the 1A, 1B situation here. But uh, without a game being played, who, who knows? If he's telling the truth and Cam Akers is only, you know, 10 to 12 carries, maybe a target or two, you know, that's that's much more of a low-end RB3 than it is a solid RB2. So I would prefer to stay away if I had a better option. I'd consider him a mid-tier RB3. Uh, but if you drafted him in the fourth or fifth round, you, you probably just got to start him and hope. And then uh, on Daryl Henderson's side, yeah. I'd probably be staying away too, just to make sure he's actually involved. You know, I mean, he, he could be a decent flex play, but again, you, you don't know for sure. So I would, uh, I would probably wait on Henderson, and then, uh, then you know, then you can see where this goes and use him in future weeks if he's actually the one B. Yeah, yeah. The the draft capital is what's a killer with Cam Akers because I mean, a lot of people are you know people draft if they drafted two weeks ago, probably take him in the third round. So. Um, he's fallen a little bit with some of the shaky news coming out of Los Angeles, but um, I think, yeah, like you said, if you drafted him, you kind of have to start him and hope that he's the clear one. But for both of these guys, it would be flex-level confidence that I'm playing playing them with. Um, if you're in a shallow league and you have like a chase That's admins, funny that you say that. I was um, just... Maybe even AJ Dillon. I would maybe I would consider starting both those guys over over these two this week. And I just want to see how it shakes out personally. Would you start? I was just about to ask you that. Would you start Chase Edmonds over both of these guys? One of these guys? Uh, where would he fall? Without a, without a doubt, Chase Edmonds is starting over both. How about these guys a non PPR? And this week, um, non PPR. I might. I think he's still going to be the lead guy in Miami, but that maybe Cam Akers there, and you're just hoping that he's the guy. But I don't know. I I I have very good confidence Chase Edmonds is going to be the clear RB one in Miami in Week One, and here you're really just kind of you're hoping with, with either one that you start. So kind of rough for Week yeah, One. Yeah, agreed. I would uh like I said probably avoid if I can with Akers. You're probably starting him and hoping that. Uh, he is just the the feature guy there, so we'll see how it plays out. But um, hoping to avoid the Rams guys in Week One, so we can see how it plays out. And again, a pretty similar situation on the other side here. You've got Devin Singletary and James Cook, and then uh, Zach Moss annoyingly hanging around as well, but not quite as uh, fantasy relevant. At least we don't think so. Uh, but yeah, I mean, really similar situation here. Um, Devin Singletary is the incumbent, uh, and he looked really, really good at the end of last year. He had a really nice run to uh, end the season, but uh, they spent a second-round pick on James Cook. Uh, pretty clear that they wanted a pass-catching option out of the backfield there, and you know, I, I, I could see James Cook feeling uh, stealing a few uh, first and second-down carries as well. So, if Zach Moss is involved as another, you know vulture in this situation from Singletary I, I just don't know how you can really start any of them I, I'd say Singletary is a low-end RB3 I'd probably even I'd rather even take Cam Akers than Devin Singletary and then uh, James Cook is an RB4 you'd have to be bolder than I am to start James Cook this week in his first NFL game just not knowing anything about what his role is uh, but yeah Singletary is even a bigger avoid than Cam Akers for me yeah, I think you drafted any of these guys late enough. You should have other RB and flex options to put in there. On in this backfield, especially with Zach Moss just hanging around, I have to wait and see where the carries go to because there's a chance Devin Singletary comes out here and gets 
you know, a third of the work and tanks your week, you know, on Thursday. So I I luckily did not end up with any of these players. I might end up regretting not picking up James Cook at all, but I'm very happy I don't have to deal with that headache uh, to start this season. Yeah, and you made a good point there uh, that unless you went zero RB or are in just an extremely deep league, you probably aren't relying on one of these guys to be your starter anyway. Uh, the draft capital for them was not nearly what it was for uh, K-Makers on the other side, so... You will probably not have yeah. to start any of these guys, but I think you would e- make them an even bigger avoid than you would normally would on the road against uh, a really, really good run defense here with uh, you know a situation that is up in the air. So uh, I think we're going to move on to the wide receivers here. This conversation's a little bit more fun for us because this is kind of where we expect these guys to perform pretty well tomorrow night or, excuse me, uh, Thursday night. For sure. Um, we're gonna. I, I grouped this a little bit differently on this time on this uh, this group here. Instead of going team by team, I went uh, you know wide receiver ones and wide receiver twos, just because I felt like uh, their conversations flowed a little better together. With Diggs and Cup, uh, they're both surefire number ones. I mean, you're absolutely starting them in any sort of redraft or dynasty situation. Obviously, I don't really think that was ever a, a question, but. Uh, like we said earlier, Diggs, you might want to lower expectations slightly on. Uh, he's a little bit better against man coverage, and uh, the Rams employ a lot of zones. So you're dealing with a elite number one corner in Jalen Ramsey, who will occasionally at least be lined up over Steph Diggs, if not more than that, plus um, a defense that Diggs doesn't do quite as well against as opposed to the man coverage defenses. So uh, I think I would give a slight downgrade to Diggs, but... You know, I mean, you're still definitely starting him, and then Cup is Cooper Cup, so I, I wouldn't worry about him at all. Yep, these are two guys that we had basically graded out as first-round wide receivers, so if you paid up that draft capital, you're absolutely starting them. Two of so, our top three. Um, yeah. Yes, of, oh, of course, yes. Two of the three first-round wide receivers. Yeah, that's part of the reason this game is going to be so much fun to watch, but, um, oh, man, I, can't, I just can't oh, yeah. wait, but... Moving into uh, the other guys that are probably a little bit more interesting as far as decision-making goes from the uh, the fantasy side of things. Gabe Davis and Allen Robinson from the Rams. Um, you know, Gabe Davis, is he's been a tough call for me all offseason. I've gone kind of back and forth on just believing the, the, the huge potential that he has in this Buffalo passing offense and you know, knowing that he really hasn't gotten anywhere close to the production he would need to be a fantasy-relevant wide receiver so far in his career over a season-long situation. So um, I think if you drafted Gabe Davis, you're probably starting him. I, I think if you're in a shallow league, uh, I actually have a league where I am facing basically exactly this situation. I have Gabe Davis, who would be in my flex, and I could start Damian Pierce or Chris Godwin, and those are my three options. If Godwin doesn't play, I'm probably leaning Damian Pierce, especially because it's non-PPR, just because, you know, we don't know for sure what Gabe Davis's role is going to be. He's never had a, you know, solidified 8-10 to 10 target role in this offense, and uh, I would probably prefer to start other options if I could, but he's still low-end wide receiver two for me, so most leagues, especially 12-plus team leagues, you're probably starting him and just kind of hoping here, but I would like to see it first if I could. Uh, what do you think about Gabe Davis? Yeah, I think I'm just going to echo what you say. I mean, I'm probably starting him with a little bit more confidence because, you know, there is such a big um, – there's so many targets that opened up from last season. So he's going to have to fall in there somewhere. And, I mean, he got the four touchdowns in the playoff game over 200 yards. So he's obviously – he has the ability to get open. So, um 
I, I mean, like you said, if you drafted him, he's probably, you know, with enough draft capital that you feel like you should start him week one. Um, I guess kind of a weird call in your flex spot. Would you start Gabe Davis or Chase Edmonds if you if you had to choose? Half point people. Oh, man, that is that is right on the line there. Chase, Chase Edmonds is our bar. Yeah, he's, he's a perfect bar the, in that flex spot uh, because he's – He's the measuring stick for us. Um, yeah, I, I think – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cop out a little bit here and say that if you're playing a team that you think is maybe definitely better than you, I'd go Gabe Davis. I think he has a bigger shot at having yeah, a two-touchdown, you know, huge performance, but he also has a bigger shot at giving you five points. So if you need a solid ten points in that flex spot, I'd go with Chase Edmonds. Uh, but if you need the big week, I'd go with Gabe Davis. Yeah. All right. Good call. I like that. I will, uh, I'll take over Allen Robinson here. So, um, if you, again, it's kind of the same thing as Gabe Davis. If you drafted him, you're probably starting him. Um, he had some pretty good, uh, draft day costs. So I, but I am starting him with probably more confidence than I'm starting Gabe Davis. Um, which is weird because Allen Robinson's coming off such a terrible year, but I think he's going to be rejuvenated with the Rams and he's the clear number two in that offense on the pat in the passing game. So, um, yeah, I'd say go ahead and start them. Like you have here, solid wide receiver too. Um, and even where you got him, he may be your flex, which would be amazing. So I, I'm very high. I think Robinson may be another guy who might get a touchdown or two on Thursday. Yeah, I, I agree here. I'm uh, I'm starting Robinson with, with confidence right now or in this game. I, I, I He has the, the pedigree that Gabe Davis lacks as far as full season production, and he's done it with much worse quarterbacks than Matt Stafford. He's the number two on this team, and Van Jefferson is a little banged up right now. He might end up playing, but if he does, he probably won't practice a ton beforehand. So the number three is banged up. He's got Cup in the, in the slot, but Robinson should be his clear number two in this game. Uh, we'll get to the tight ends later, but they're, they might struggle a little bit because the, the Bills employ a pretty darn good safety duo. So Robinson may be even more necessary yeah. in this one than normal. Um, yeah, like we've seen the production from Robinson. If you believed in him going into the draft process and you drafted him, um, definitely starting him in this one. For Moving sure. on to the last relevant wide receiver uh, for at least, you know, not 16-plus team leagues, uh, Isaiah McKenzie. This one is a little bit more of a sleeper, and uh, I'm going to echo what I said with Gabe Davis and more so on this side of things, uh, that you're probably wanting to just wait and see with Isaiah McKenzie, but I am very interested to see how involved he is in this offense. I think what you're looking for here, not necessarily if he goes off for a huge game, obviously that would be great for his value, but the big thing you're looking for here is to see how much he is on the field. If he is the clear starter and Jamison Crowder is just coming in to spell him occasionally, McKenzie could be a very valuable piece of this offense. Josh Allen loves to target the slot, and when McKenzie's been given the opportunity, he's been very good. But uh, if he's splitting time with Jamison Crowder, I think you can safely drop him at that point because, um, you know, unless he unless he has a good performance, maybe earns himself a bigger role, uh, you're you're just not going to have value there if he's splitting snaps with Jamison Crowder. Yep, I agree with what you said. Uh, he's definitely a guy to keep your eye on this week. And I guess Jamison Crowder is too, because if he comes in and is the slot guy for that team, oh. he's going to have value. So you're going to want to see who's getting the snaps there. But I think you kind of uh, you hit it on the head with Isaiah McKenzie. He's worth it in you know really deep leagues, but probably not, not someone most people are worried about going into week one. But uh, 
Yeah, we can move on to tight ends. Tight ends. Uh, both of these guys kind of fall into the same category coming into the year as far as, you know, low-end starters. Higby maybe more so in the uh, streaming category. Uh, and Knox kind of in that back end of the top 10. But I think they'll probably end up falling into a similar bucket most tight ends do in this range. Um, so Knox, I like a little bit more this week. Uh, he has a little bit of a better situation. Uh, the Rams are kind of a neutral matchup for tight ends. That That is... Usually that's, that statistic is not very sticky year to year, so I don't really like to use last year's numbers, especially for uh, defenses against tight ends, because they can just be so skewed by two or three matchups against, you know, Kelsey and Andrews, whereas, you know, maybe the best team against tight ends just never played those guys and, you know, gave up the points to the wide receivers instead. But um, that being said, uh, this one kind of tracks a little bit the Rams don't have uh their, their safeties are, are solid but not to the level of the uh the Bills on the other side so Knox is a you know he's a target in this offense he's got a, as good of a chance of scoring a touchdown as basically any tight end in the league if you drafted him to be your starter you're probably playing him yep I, again I think you nailed it um, if you drafted him I don't think there's going to be anybody on the waiver wire who's going to look like a better matchup than Dawson Knox so I would go ahead and snag him up and then the last player that we will talk about Tyler Higby um again I with Tyler Higby I am okay with starting him if you drafted him but with him I may take a look and see if there's someone out there that I would rather play um as someone who was a Higby fantasy owner last year um when there was two wide two good wide receivers on the field he seemed to get less and less work so um, that concerns me if Allen Robinson is going to be very prominent in the offense. And, um, yeah, again, and that's just maybe bad taste from having him last year in a very important matchup where he just didn't do anything. But I'm probably staying away from him to start the season. If there's someone out there. Now, if you're in a deep league and there's no one out there worth grabbing, then, yeah, start Higby if he's on your team. Yeah, he's got, uh, you know, he's on a good offense. He probably has a what you call a decent shot of scoring a touchdown. They should be, uh, again, putting up a decent amount of points here and having to uh, keep up with the Bills. But as we mentioned earlier, uh, usually the safeties are responsible for covering tight ends, especially uh, when defenses play zone, which uh, the – oh, excuse me, that would be the Rams actually. But um, e- either way, this, the safeties usually get lined up on tight ends. So the Bills deploy uh, the best duo in the league by most measures. That's not great for Higby, and um, you know he was already on the low end of the starting category, if not the streaming category. So if you can find someone with a little bit of a better matchup, right. maybe a Bob Tunyon if he plays, maybe uh, a David Njoku against Carolina, you might want to look that route. But uh, if you're Njoku was who I had in mind. That's who I was thinking I would probably start if, if Njoku was out there. On the yeah, I don't there. mind that one, uh, Brissett. I think that's a little bit more of a floor play because Brissett does like to target his tight ends quite a bit. And again, I mean, he Njoku might be a higher higher in the, the order of targets there in, in Cleveland than Higby is in, the, in L.A. So I think Higby has a bunch higher chance of giving you a, a three for 15 than Njoku does if you're, if you're looking for some safety out of your tight end. But you know, he could, yeah. he could easily fall into the end zone. So if he's your streamer, you can go ahead and ride him. Yeah, he does have better odds than Daryl Henderson of scoring a touchdown in wow, Thursday night's is, game. That so, is somewhat surprising. Yeah, he's plus 205. That was a good little bet you found there. Yeah, I'll give you some credit. Plus 235 for Henderson sounds yeah. better and better as I think about it. 
Yep, we are. Uh, we're in the season now, so this is when I make all my money, <laughs> or I think I know. Oh, yes, brother. Um, we are. All right. Well, that will. Uh, yeah, we're gonna wrap this oh, up. Take it away. It's we're gonna bad. wrap this up, and we are going to come to you with a uh, a preview of the rest of the matchups for Week One on Thursday. Uh, that that pod will probably be up on Friday, so we'll record that Thursday uh, before the game and throw that guy up on Friday, and that way you guys can. You know, yep. get all your start and set situations figured out. And uh, any other questions that you have about the games, we'll hopefully go over there. And then we'll also be throwing up a little bit of a best bets column that will come up on Saturday. Just uh, Cody and I are going to be each taking three bets each week. We'll tally our success as the year goes on and uh, maybe have a little bit of a wager on the, the end result there. But that we'll, we'll explain that when uh, we have that episode. Yep. Yeah. First one of those will come out Saturday. So, um, yeah, this will be, it's finally here. I mean, the next time that we're going to be recording, it's going to be the day of, so I'm sure you're going to be able to tell with how, how pumped we are. So, uh, but Nick, I will let you go. Uh, everyone stay tuned tomorrow. The rest of the, um, the matchups will, will be dropped. So, uh, make sure you tune in. Thanks guys. We'll talk right, to you soon. Peace out everybody.